0: You're listening to the Odyssey out loud. I'm Anna Katerina. Episode 18: The Feast of Alcinous. When dawn appeared, rose-fingered child of the morning, Alcinous got up from bed impelled by sacred purpose, and Zeus-born Odysseus, sacker of cities, got up, and with holy intent Alcinous led them to the agora of the Phaeques, which they built beside the ships. They went and sat down together on the polished stones, and Pallas Athena went through town looking like the herald of warlike wise Alcinous, planning the return of great-hearted Odysseus. Standing next to each man, she said, "'Come on, you leaders and commanders of the Phaeques,' Go to the assembly, so you can hear about the stranger who roamed over the sea and just came to the house of warlike wise Alcinous. He's built like an immortal. So saying, she caught their attention and sparked their interest. Quickly the seats in the assembly were filled with the gathered mortals. Many of them stared, seeing the warlike wise son of Laertes. Athena poured a supernatural kind of grace down on his head and shoulders and made him look taller and stronger so all the Faikis would love him. He'd be awe-inspiring and admirable, and he'd complete the many contests the Faikis would test him with. Then, once the assembly was gathered together, Alcinoa spoke and addressed them. Listen up, you leaders and commanders of the Faikis, so I can say what's in my heart. This stranger, I don't know who he is, came wandering to my house, either from men of the east or west. He asks for an escort and begs to secure it. Let us, as we have in the past, dispatch a convoy for no one else, not anyone, who's come to my house, waits around for long, grief-stricken on account of an escort. So come, let's haul a black ship down to the Divine Sea for its maiden voyage, and pick out fifty-two of the young men who were deemed best in the past throughout the region. Once you've tied all the oars on the rowing benches, disembark, and then head to my place for a quick dinner that I'll provide well for everyone. That's what I have to say to the young men." But you other sceptered kings, come to my fine house, so we can welcome the stranger in my hall. Don't anyone say no. And summon the godlike singer Demodocus. The god gave him an extraordinary ability to entertain with his music, whatever he chooses to sing. So saying, he led, and the other sceptre-bearing kings followed along, and the herald went in search of the godlike bard. Fifty-two young men were picked and went, as he ordered, to the shore of the barren sea. "'Then, once they'd gone down to the ship and the sea, "'they hauled the black ship to the ocean's deep. "'They set up the mast and the black ship's sails "'and arranged the oars and the leather straps, "'all as it should be, and stretched the white sails. "'They anchored her out at sea to the south. "'Then after they made their way "'to the great house of warlike wise Alcinous. "'The porticoes and courtyards and rooms "'were full of gathering men. "'There were many, young and old.' Then Alcinoas performed the sacrifice for them. Twelve sheep, eight white-tusked boars, and two ambling oxen. They skinned and prepared them and made a lovely dinner. The herald came up, leading the faithful bard. The muse especially loved him. But she gave him both good and bad. She deprived him of his eyes. But she gave him sweet song. Pontinoas placed a silver ornamented chair for him in the middle of the guests, set against a tall pillar. The herald hung a dulcet lyre from a peg above his head and showed him how to take it with his hands. He placed a basket and a fine table next to him and a cup of wine to drink whenever his heart desired. Then they put their hands to the good things laid before them. Once they'd put away their desire for food and drink, the muse inspired the singer to sing of the glories of men of a song whose fame reached wide heaven. The quarrel of Odysseus and Achilleus Peleades, How once upon a time they'd fought, with violent words at an abundant feast of the gods. And Agamemnon, lord of men, privately rejoiced that the best of the Achaeans quarreled. Because, you see, that's the prophecy Phoebus Apollo had told him in Most Holy Pitho when Agamemnon crossed the stone threshold to consult the oracle. Apollo said that when they fought, then misery would begin to roll along for the Trojans and Danaeans by the will of great Zeus. This the renowned bard sang. But Odysseus, seizing his great purple cloak in his strong hands, threw it over his head and hid his handsome face. He was ashamed, in front of the phaekes, of the tears pouring down his cheeks. In fact, when the divine singer left off singing, he wiped his tears, took the cloak from his head, and seizing a double-handled cup, he poured a libation to the gods. However, when the singer was about to begin again, and the best of the phaekes encouraged him to sing, since they enjoyed his words, again Odysseus hid his head and wept. There, pouring down tears, he went unnoticed by everyone else, Alcinous was the only one to notice him and understand. He was seated next to him, and he heard him groaning heavily. At once he said to the ore-loving Fayekes, "'Listen up, you leaders and commanders of the Fayekes. Now that our hearts have been satisfied with a balanced meal and the lyre which goes along with a plentiful feast, we should head out and test ourselves at the games.' So the stranger can tell his loved ones when he gets home how much we outdo others at boxing and wrestling, jumping and running. So saying, he led, and they followed along. A herald hung Demodocus, dulcet lyre from a peg, took his hand and led him from the hall. He set him on the same road which the others, all the best of the faeques, took to go see the games. They made their way to the assembly, followed by a vast throng. Many good young men stood up. Acronaeus got up. And Ochialos, Elatreus, Nautheus, and Primneus, Anchialos and Aretmeus, Ponteos and Proreus, Thoon and Anebesineus, Amphialos, and the son of Poleneus Tectonides. Up also was Euryalos, the equal of Ares, destroyer of men, and Naubolides, the best for form and figure of all the Phaecis, besides irreproachable Laudamas. The three children of Alcinous stood up, Laudamas and Halios, and also God-vying Clitoneos. And, in fact, they were the first to test their skill at running. The course was stretched for them from the turning post, and they all flew together quickly, raising dust across the plain. The best by far at running was irreproachable Clitoneus. He reached the people, outstripping the other runners by as far as the distance that mules can go in fallow land. And however you'd like to measure that... Everyone else was left behind. They had a go at tortuous wrestling, and now Euryalus conquered all the best men. Amphialus was the best of them all for the jump, and then Alatreus far surpassed them all with the discus. At boxing it was Laudamus' turn, the good child of Alcinous. You've been listening to The Odyssey Out Loud. I'm Anna Katerina. You can learn more and listen to new episodes at theodysseyoutloud.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash odysseyoutloud. Thank you for listening.